Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of LGA. That is... Lit, 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 game, game, arena, arena, For those of you who don't know, my name is Marcus, and I'm joined, as always, by Justin. Hey! It's a gaming podcast where we talk about the games we played during the week. Uh, you already had your weekly dose of news from us, but let's get to it! <laughs> like to quickly say booyakasha <laughs> hey welcome to episode 79 79 spooky episode 79 of the lga cast because it's it's our it's october so this is the well not spooky i forgot we're using the word creepy this is the creepy episode 79 and uh yeah so this is the show where we talk to you about the games and the stuff that we've been we've been watching so it doesn't necessarily have to be about games but that is what we focus on but we We'll, we'll talk about anime, TV, movies, all that fun stuff. Nerd culture, essentially, is all... I mean, even board games. We get down into it with board games. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's what we do. And I just want to remind you guys to check out the All the Horror event going on all month. New episodes every day from different podcasts. Follow at all the horror 18 on Twitter to find out more information and what, what you can do to find all the different episodes that are getting put out. It's a pretty big event. It's a lot of a lot of different podcasters. I think there's like there's there's more than 30 people or more than 30 podcasts involved with the whole month. I think some some days have like double episodes, so it's going to be pretty going to be packed with a lot of content this month. There's going to be a lot for you guys if you're into anything horror related, whether it's movies, video games or TV. So or not and even just general stuff, just monster stuff. Doesn't even doesn't even have to be anything related to media, just horror themed stuff. I'm into Monster Ranchers. Well, we might have that for you, Marcus. <laughs> Faraway land where monster rules. <laughs> um, but we're here to talk about some stuff. So, Marcus, we, we, we didn't record an actual LGA cast last week because we were recording, or, or we were recording the uh, the episode for all the horror. So we have like two weeks of content to get through what we did. So what, what did you, uh, what were you doing? Sure as fuck won't feel like two weeks of content for me. <laughs> oh, um. wait, first, we're sponsored by Game Fuel. Ah! I'm, I'm getting bad at this. They're, they're going to drop us as a sponsor because I don't do it right off the bat. Anyway, you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I haven't played a whole lot. I, I, I played a I played a lot of individual games. I, I had a lot on my to-do list before I can get to new bullshit, which I did play some new bullshit, but I'll just start with the boring, tried and true. I finished all the fucking Assassin's Creed Odyssey DLC, which is a lot of goddamn oh my content. God. Um, it took me about 40 hours. Uh, Holy which, shit. I mean, that Wait, season so pass cost $40. Now, I personally feel 
that season pass was worth $40 at the time. You can obviously get it for a lot cheaper than that now because not nice. only did it come with a lot of DLC, um, there was all the last blade content was which was quite long and then the uh atlantis dlc and which had um you start in elysium uh which you're doing like missions for persephone and all this stuff uh there's some other uh adonis is there a lot of like there's kind of a, a coup happening anyway then uh at the end of that you get kicked down a pit and then of course you're you're in hell uh and you're doing missions for hades and you fight cerberus and all that fun stuff you know there's a lot of fun stuff to be had there um despite the fact that i think environmentally that one's kind of boring and drab because it is hell after all so it looks dried out a little <laughs> bit crusty um elysium absolutely gorgeous stunning place amazing then after that you do go to atlantis um while atlantis i felt looked cool it is and i think this was all intentional everything there is very symmetrical um and that kind of made it a little boring for me because it's like it it's this circular like massive city uh that is tiered there is some like moats kind of separating some of the zones but it, it is this very symmetrical circular uh space um but all of this actually is strangely super tied into the original like uh, trilogy involving Desmond or uh, yeah. I guess like you know the original Desmond line of games so I, I thought that was cool that there was a nice tie-in to the uh, modern day timeline uh, and even like tying it into some of the the past stuff in the in the older games there was some like flashbacks to like uh, ancient civilizations anyway this gets covered in this DLC which is pretty cool um, nice so not too too much to say there i just really love that game i know there were a lot of haters out there but there's just as many people that really loved assassin's creed odyssey i think assassin's creed just as a franchise has changed paradigms in a way and as anything that's lived long enough it sees <laughs> you know a split and a yeah. divide within its uh so it means we can do our uh, special episode with Tycho of the uh, Weird Tales podcast about Assassin's Creed. <laughs> I mean, we could do that at any point in time. There, I still have not played Syndicate. Oh yeah, I don't uh, know if he's even played that one. I know he. I think there's one or two that he still he said he skipped. I'm not sure, but I have. Yeah, two, he's like two asterisk, and that is I haven't done Syndicate, and then I haven't 100% completed Rogue, and that's because my PS3 died when I was at the end of Rogue, so I d haven't seen the end of that game. Um, yeah. But it's like, I've pretty much, and then I guess the uh, the 2D ones, and then like PSP spinoffs, like th there's still a number of games. I'm gonna air quote games, but uh, in terms of cr storyline crucial ones, those are the two that I haven't done. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, we could, I mean, I played enough Assassin's Creed, uh, but in my end game time, it, it felt really nice. I have, I'm back to 100 out of 100% like trophy completion. That game is 100% complete with all the DLC trophies. I had already platinumed it forever ago, but uh, closing game time, 154 hours slap delete on that thing because it was taking up 100 gigs on my console <laughs> felt pretty good um yeah so that was obviously big number one wanted to get that out of the way before starting um super mario 3d all-stars i did dive a little bit into that i played a little bit of uh super mario 64 uh not as much as i would like to but this i i, I wanted to wrap that up 
Uh, so I'm prepped for the new Assassin's Creed in November. Just didn't want any lingering bullshit on that Assassin's Creed front. So I would be playing Mario right now. That is going to be my main <laughs> squeeze, at least going into this next weekend. However, there is a game. Everybody's fucking talking about it. I almost feel bad that I'm going to talk about it, but it's always been my thing. It came out last week, at least on Switch. It reached 1.0 um, and well, Actually, it came out the week before that, but I only got a chance to play it last week, and I was hoping I could talk about it last week, but didn't get to. Uh, Hades. H Hades oh, by yeah. Super Giant Games. <laughs> um, uh, hearing a lot I about been, that. That game came out uh, technically two years ago uh, at the Game Awards. It sort of came out. It was in early access. It was basically a lot of people considered it complete at that point. Uh, I know I've mentioned on the cast a few times, even probably one of the episodes leading up to this one, that I do have the Epic copy because it was kind of mispriced uh, when it was in early access and I got it for seven bucks. Um, it's pretty sweet, um, but I, I haven't played it on PC. Didn't even touch it on PC. Just, I mean, seven dollars. It's like I'm not losing anything. Anyway, launched on Switch, bought it on Switch. It was kind of, you know, one of those like 10% discounts or 20%, whatever. It was some denomination of money off. I paid $20 for it instead of 25. Not a yeah. big deal. Um, I, uh, Supergiant might as well just stick a fucking like vacuum cleaner in my wallet and suck every penny out of me because I've given them like an astronomical metric fuck ton of money, uh, especially in the last few weeks. So I've been very, uh, uh, I love the music. Darren Korb, he does all the composing for every one of their games. He is a great talent. I will get into him a little bit later as well, but I own every vinyl album that they've done. Like, I guess <laughs> I don't have a Bastion vinyl, uh, but I'll get into that a little bit. I do have a autographed Bastion CD, uh, as well as I own transistor vinyls. I own the Pyre vinyls. I have the, the and this is why I don't have a Bastion vinyl. Uh, granted, I don't think that vinyl looks particularly great compared to the other ones, even though I love the Bastion soundtrack. I bought a $300, like, uh, it was an I am 8-bit $300 collector's edition vinyl set of all the music from basically all their games, including a small vinyl for uh, for the soon to be released Hades, which I think only has seven songs on it. I have bought a expensive ass collector's edition like symphonic album that they did, uh, which was they did a symphonic concert with Darren Korb. And now they're so I bought that that's on its way. And then, of course, they put out a special edition Haiti soundtrack uh, vinyl that I bought as well. But that's that big collection that was super expensive uh, does have Bastion in it. But I'm like got all my bases covered. But when I ordered the Hades one, I just threw in a shirt. I was like, I'm already spending like 75 bucks just throwing a fucking shirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just and I have a. Uh, transistor figurine of red huge fan of this company but anyway back to darren corb the super giant is a very small team of extremely talented individuals uh that all excel at what they do darren corb uh soundtrack amazing but in this game he does voice work he voices the main characters agrius uh, as well as uh as uh skelly uh, which is one of the characters in Hades uh, that you can talk to. Uh, very different characters and de very different voice work, but uh, did a phenomenal job considering, like, 
I wouldn't say it's too far of a stretch considering he does a lot of musical stuff, but uh, very good voice acting work. Um, but yeah, their art uh, direction always rock solid. Supergiant has just an unbelievable uh, level of detail in their games, like and everything is just polished and their games usually don't have almost any bugs in them when they are 1.0. I mean, like people said, this game was basically done two years ago and it's been just being polished ever since, basically, and adding a lot of shit to it. I guess, yeah. according to other sources, there was uh, early access-only dialogue, uh, like, usually just self-aware commenting on the game being early access and parts of the game that were being added in, but that's just the kind of level that comes with this type of game. Uh, every Because t- this is a... Ro- I guess I should outline what, what Hades is specifically. It is a roguelike... Um, Obviously, you're in hell, as the name suggests, or in Hades, uh, and your your dad is Hades, and your your Zagreus, uh, who actually is a character in mythology, but he's extremely, extremely obscure. I guess they they didn't Supergiant didn't AMA on Reddit, um, and they mentioned that they combed a lot of source material for working on this, and they only found about like two uh, things with this Zagreus myth. Uh, which I think aided why they picked him, which reminds me of like, I th- I feel like they, they did say God of War was a bit of inspiration, but obviously they mentioned directly that they usually go to like source material for the myths, uh, which makes sense for Greek myths. Um, but I can't help but feel there is a little bit of that God of War influence and the fact that God of War, when choosing Kratos as the name slash character, as much as they that character becomes his own thing. But there is a character mentioned in Greek myth that is Kratos, as well as like in this case was Zagreus. They're just kind of like unknown minor characters that then they, you know, so they can extrapolate and turn into a playground. But basically, because you're in this hell uh, place that it makes sense that Zagreus kind of like dies and then comes back. So they worked into the narrative, the roguelike uh, loop, uh, so to say. Uh, Yeah. And honestly, my take on this, having been playing like a lot of these Supergiant games, being a a big, a a super fan of Supergiant, um, that this is the closest thing we get to a Bastion 2. Um, a lot of the mobs, while not 1000% the exact same as the Bastion mobs, uh, there are mobs like uh, the squirts, the windbags, the uh, I don't know if there's anything quite like the ankle gators, but it's like a lot of the big mobs that were in Bastion that had those names. There are mobs that function fundamentally exactly like that in Hades. However, Hades has a lot of different weapons and like they're all really tight not to say bastion didn't have a lot of weapons but each weapon is has like a huge fleshed out kit for it uh, in a way bastion didn't quite have um and that's why i'm like this feels like a very much almost like a direct follow-up to bastion um in yeah. terms of what they were probably striving for uh but yeah i've been i mean i'm not alone in uh playing a lot of it a lot of people been talking about it uh i feel the number one thing i hear about it is people just saying uh very broad sweeping statements of it's good um followed by them characters are hot and that's about it (laughs) um and i get that the the sex appeal of the characters yes all the characters are very sexy it's cool that everyone has a shit ton of dialogue like an unimaginable amount of dialogue as I alluded to before, every time you die, there is new dialogue and the story kind of unfolds 
through you dying and repeating. So even if you're not like progressing to like the end of the game, like let's say you died early in a run, you still get more story hits no, no matter what. You're not like punished for not uh, progressing all the way. But if you progress further, they comment on that. Uh, someone I saw posted online uh, that so there's this mirror that gives you like permanent power ups as like any roguelike you'll get several different currencies and you can spend those currencies on different things. The coins you can spend, those are spent on uh, typically temporary upgrades or the upgrades during your run. If you don't spend those coins, they go away when you die. Uh, but you'll get these, uh, I forget what they're called, but it's like a shadow currency that then you can spend, but you spend it on these upgrades in this mirror. But I guess Meg, who is the first boss and she's also your ex-girlfriend, which that obviously is interesting drama. Yeah. But uh, I like I haven't encountered this dialogue, but I guess at one point someone was saying she remarked on saying, oh, you're only able to beat me because you have those power ups from the mirror. So this person was interested to see how intricate this was. So they took all the power ups off from the mirror and fought her. And she actually remarked that he did that. So that that's like the level of detail we're talking here. <laughs> Like, it's like, oh, they thought of everything. So, yeah, there's and all that dialogue. Like, it does enter that realm of like uh, horniness slash just like a lot of dialogue and even characters that are like seem kind of over sexualizing other characters, um, which is real reminiscent of Fire Emblem, especially Fire Emblem Three Houses. So I think like people who were really into Fire Emblem Three Houses would probably get the same uh, kicks out of this if that's like the kind of thing they're into. I'm obviously here for other reasons, but, but I mean, that's there. Um, it's cool because you'll get uh, basically the Olympian gods will assist you through your run. Um, you'll find a uh, little like like I guess they're orbs, but they're messages from the gods that will give you uh, boons, which, you know, will power you up some facet. Uh, you'll it'll always roll like three of them and then you get, you have to choose which of the three you want out of a set. And sometimes there's rare ones in there. Um, But this is where it gets real interesting. So every time you click on these, you have like a dialogue message from the gods uh, on Olympus and they're trying to help you on this journey. But you can sometimes encounter rooms where there's two of them. And if you choose one, the other one will get mad at you and jealous of the other god that you (laughs) chose. And then will like I get attack you is not quite the right word, but there will be like. Like, let's say it's you pissed off Poseidon because you chose Dionysus power up over Poseidon's. Um, yeah, there will be just like a wave of water chasing you through that fucking room. That oh, is like Poseidon's <laughs> wrath. And it just makes it a pain in the fucking ass. But if you manage to finish that room, you'll get the Poseidon power up as well. So you do get both if you do those nice. rooms, but they can be real fucking challenging. Um, and then even cooler you can uh, certain power ups eventually can combine and make a dual power up. So like the gods working together to give you a single boon that kind of functions with like some functionality of two put together. Um, and, and that becomes interesting, like having these gods kind of like converse with one another or even I mean, and once again, even these like rivalries they have with one another, uh, which is so just Greek mythology at the end of the day. you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just a uh, big bad dad being like, you'll never escape from here. And you're like, I'm going to get out of here, dad. And uh, that's bas- the, basically the uh, gist of the story. <laughs> there's <laughs> there's more to it than that, but that's kind of the to outline it without any spoilers. That's it. 
Um, in terms of where I'm at in it, um, for people playing it, I guess they'll know what I'm talking about, but I, I guess I'm at the third section. Um, I don't really want to spoil the bosses of that section, but uh, they're big dickheads. Uh, <laughs> fuck those assholes. And the weapons are really interesting. Uh, weapons you wouldn't expect. Uh, so obviously the first weapon you start with is a sword. You'll slowly unlock other weapons to use. Uh, care to take a gander, Justin, at what type of weapons you get? What do you, what do we get? What, what what do you what do you think there would be? Uh swords. Well, well, there is a sword. That's the first okay. weapon. A sword. There's a shield, uh, which is kind of a weird weapon that you'd use a shield. Uh, a gun. There is a gun. <laughs> There's a machine gun. There's a fucking machine gun as a weapon. It's called the adamant the adamantium rail. What? It's fucking awesome. Wait, is it a rail a rail gun? It's, I guess if you get Zeus power ups, it could be. <laughs> uh, last time I used it, it was shooting like lightning bolts and shit. But it, I'm like, it's fundamentally a fucking machine gun and like a grenade launcher. It's pretty cool. Um, I thought I wouldn't like that weapon, and I actually did. But it's like, yeah, there's like sword, shield, spear, like bow. And a machine and a gun. <laughs> a gun. <laughs> okay. Oh, and and fist weapons. But yeah, it's like it's... The, the, the gun. It's like that. That one's a little weird, but <laughs> that's I'm, great. I'm glad you guessed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And all, oh, all what those are, what are video games pretty damn good. Like, I see arguments for why you would use any of them. I strangely, the ones I'm really bad at is the sword and the shield, but the shield is very focused on uh, reflex, like reflecting damage back at the opponents. And I'm just not really good at that. I, I like the, bow, yeah. I like the ranged weapons, like the bow, the spear is pretty good. Cause you can throw it and recall it almost like a Thor's hammer, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm real fucking enjoying that game a lot. I, Still can't beat it, you know, but I'm getting close. Uh, it'll it'll happen eventually. Uh, it's it, it's up there. I I know a lot of people are uh, saying this is probably like Super Giant's best game. Um, I I I mean, I'm not passing final judgment on it yet, but I did as of current. I still liked Pyre more, but I know Pyre was like some people really didn't like that game, and I can also see the arguments for why on that. Just the the story the way the story was in pyre just really like hit a chord with me and i feel it's i feel that's the the best musical work was done on yeah. that game in my opinion um th this game once again still everything's great in it it's just i feel pyre was a bit stronger so far but obviously everybody seems hotter about this one because the i mean pyre didn't have combat it had it's weird nba jam basketball football nfl blitz shit going on <laughs> It had its weird sports ball game. Uh, this actually has raw combat. And like I said, it's it real reminiscent of Bastion, which I felt Bastion struck the strongest chord with people before. And I think this one is like, I mean, Twitter all day is just people being like, man, those characters are hot. <laughs> it's all I freaking see, um, which I mean, I don't hate like seeing art from that game's cool. I a, a win for Super Giants, a win for me. Um, I feel like I personally single-handedly funded this game, but that's, that's just my opinion. <laughs> they stole all my money. <laughs> yeah, they got I think I have it. like six copies of Bastion. It, like I've rebought that game on every device it's on, but yeah. Anyway, Supergiants, uh, 
badass. They got a really cool game um, that's actually peeling me away from Mario. Imagine that. Oh, my God. Yeah. So uh, that's it's going to be a bit before, like, not to say there's not anything uh, interesting being released, but unfortunately, right now, it's like nothing's exciting till November for me. Um, <laughs> so it's basically going to be trying to jam through some yeah, get games. through some games. Play some games. Playing through games I already own. Super Mario 64. Creepy Super October. Mario Sunshine. Super Mario Galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah I, there's nothing it, wrong with that. I ordered uh, I ordered that. You sent me uh, the Amazon, whatever, their flash sale or whatever they call it. Um, lightning for deal that, or whatever. Yeah, the lightning. Is. Yeah, the lightning. The lightning deal on Amazon for that 8-bit eight, eight dough controller. So I picked that up, so that will be coming my way pretty soon so that I can start playing Switch games while I send in the Joy-Cons for their drift. Their See, dr- you know what sucks? Issues. I mean, I don't hate how those analog ones look uh, with the, the dual analog sticks or the color choices because they look like the classic controllers. However, yeah. they have ones that don't have the analog sticks that have cool colors. Like there's a gold one, a like oh, really? blue one, and a red one that I'm like... Huh. I want those colors, but with the analog <laughs> sticks. And there's also one that is, because uh, what I think that's like FN30, uh, yeah, the, like F- SN30 or something like that. Uh, but there is a plus, a one that has a plus after it that has kind of like, uh, like grips. Oh, okay. Um, and I'm like, I would probably, I want one with the the grips that is like a cool color, but yeah. don't have that yet. I'm uh yeah I got I ended up getting the one that has the multicolor buttons I like that that's the uh that's the one I would go with um mostly because those are the style of like since I I mean I'm I'm 30 so I was like really young when we had an SNES so yeah. it was but the SNES was already old when I was a child technically <laughs> so it's like the the controllers we had had the multicolored buttons because they were like newer controllers so to speak yeah i think i want to say we had one of each i think we had one that was a multicolored, and then we had one that was the purple the two-tone purple yeah we had a we had a classic controller well i think we had two classic controllers and i think one of them i broke because you know i was i was <laughs> a stupid kid and i spiked controllers yeah. um yeah and then we got one that was like a transparent with a turbo button, but it had the multicolored buttons. Nice. So I, I yeah, kind of so have a fondness for the colored buttons. Plus, I always think of uh, Donkey Kong Country 3 with the like crystal caves where you have to. It's basically like Simon, but the, the colored buttons correlated to the colors of the crystals. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm probably going to end up also getting. Breath of the Wild, because I actually haven't played that yet, despite having it on the Wii U. I always said that I would wait for the Switch to play it, so ready to Personally, pay almost full price for fucking... I would wait. Wait for what? <laughs> Black Friday? No. Prime Day? Well, well, I do think maybe Black Friday, it might be 40 but I would wait because Nintendo's got to be their prime to do player's choice, and your oh, player's right. choice games are going to be Mario Odyssey, uh, Breath of the Wild, uh, probably... Mario, uh, Mario Bros. Deluxe, Mario Kart. So I bet those are going to be 20. Um, that would be sweet. They, they got to be close to doing that. Seriously. <laughs> I'm going to end up waiting another year for Breath of the Wild. <laughs> but I mean, like, yes, Breath of the Wild 2 will be out by the time that happens. So I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying I personally would wait at this point. It's, 
that ship's kind of sailed a little bit. But. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, anyway, is that what you've been doing? Should we take a break or? Uh, uh yeah. I mean, that that's about it. We'll take a break here. All right. So we're gonna take a quick, uh, a creepy break, and then we'll be right back. Join me, my friends, as we talk about all things geek. Here at the Geek Freaks Podcast, we cover the weekly news and all of geekdom. Top movie news, comic books, video games, and TV shows, everything that you are interested in. We also have our growing YouTube channel. Every Friday, we come out with freebie games where we go over the latest free games from the Epic Game Store. Monthly, we have Retro Rewind, where we play a retro game and talk about what it meant to us as kids and its effect on the industry. And then we have our comic book club, where we review a staple in comic book history. Join us as we go over everything in your geek life and share in the love of geekdom. Welcome back to a spooky... Wait, did we clap it? Yeah, we did. A spooky... LGA cast. And, um, so... I guess it's my turn to talk about what we did or what I did. Yeah, what the hell have um, you been up to? What the fuck have I been doing? I've been editing this podcast. Um, but no, I um as far as games, I'm I'm not recalling if I did anything on the Xbox specifically this week. That's usually where I play my games, but I did I got Railway Empire, I believe is what it's called. Railway Empire. Let me check my library. Um, yeah, Railway know. Empire. I can't check anything on Game Pass. I don't have an Xbox. <laughs> well, this was uh, this was on. I got it for free on the Epic Game Store because it was free like the other week. I picked picked it up. It's fairly in depth for uh, one of these types of games. Um, the the user interface sucks. If I feel like that could use a lot of work, like there's a whole lot of like when you're clicking on something, it doesn't do what you think it should do. And I don't know. Trying to manage routes, trying to manage train routes can be cumbersome because like it's it's hard to just see what train does what on a glance and what cargo it's carrying. But essentially, it's like. There's like a story mode where you can you grow your railway empire because it's one of those types of games. You know, I love those these simulator style of games, these tycoon type games. Um, and the story is basically, oh, you're building a railway from the east to the west. Like that's the kind of the goal of the game. But you can just start like skirmish type stuff. And that's usually what I like doing. So I did like, oh, well, I have. You can you can pick smaller segments of the U.S. to kind of focus on, or you can just do like a map that's just like all of the U.S. and it's just kind of like a generalized, um, like oh here are the big cities and you're just making railways from there, and so it's like not as like detailed in the map, um, but you just started at a city and you start with a sum of money and you start just creating rail stations. So you have a you started the city and. Uh, there are different like production plants or farms nearby. So the name of the game is you you build like a station at a city and then you build like a, a station at one of these farms and then you just start transporting goods from like the farms or uh, if it's like a, a cattle or a cattle ranch, you start you 
transport the cattle to the city if the city has um certain production capabilities like some cities will do different things and as you level up the city because you can level up the city with population by improving it with um the amount of goods you're shipping in and out and that unlocks different slots in on the city where you can someone like the computer can open up a particular industry or you can buy an industry and start an industry in the city so you make more money because you own it you can also buy these farms as well so then you kind of you're making money on top of whatever you're doing but like some cities for example produce meat they have like a meat packing plant so you want to ship cattle to the, the the meat packing plant or um the city i started i started with kansas city and the city that city produced beer <laughs> so um i needed to send in like uh grain uh to make the beer so it, it's it becomes like this whole network of you're shipping goods from a city to another city and you're also like shipping like passengers and and uh mail back and forth so you're, you have like this network similar to tropico I, it's yeah it's very I, it's very much in the in the in the lane of like a tropico because you're controlling importing and exporting goods and i don't know if you, you're not really setting a price on it per se um but uh you are transporting the goods around and you're unlocking different production facilities so that you can grow the city and build stations in other cities and in addition to that you're researching newer rail tech because you like you start in like the early ages of rail and you unlock points as you go on to unlock better rail car or uh rail trains essentially and uh different technologies that make your stuff more efficient and you have competitors and you can hire like different engineers for your trains and you can also hire now here's the, the funny one too you can hire criminals um and essentially what that means is you can hire somebody to go and sabotage one of your competitors <laughs> which means like you can kind of choose like different things that you can do where you can like you can if like you can go and have like their news you can pay off like their uh a newspaper in the city that they operate in to um write like a slam piece against that company <laughs> and uh or you can steal technologies from them or even just straight up like i think like just rob rob like materials i think i'm not sure but it's uh they can also do the same thing to you and that kind of gets annoying sometimes because you're just kind of minding your own business and then you get like this pop-up of a newspaper saying oh kansas city denounces your rail company and then like a guy pops in the corner and there's just like oh yeah uh who would write such a thing <laughs> it's like i can't imagine who could possibly write a piece like this uh, uh denouncing you like is that <laughs> it's it gets a little obnoxious after a while into the game because it just keeps happening over and over again. You kind of almost ignore it because it doesn't seem like it actually really affects you that much. Maybe on harder difficulties it might. But and they, here the other thing, too, is like it's complex as far as the rails go. It's not just like a SimCity where you just connect point A to point B and your trains just work. You're actually having to create like you create a single rail line if you have two trains, one of them just doesn't operate because you can't fit two trains on the railroad unless you create like a dual track or like a sideline. So you one train can go to one side and the other train can go to the other. 
and they can pass each other. Um, so you actually have to work all that stuff out manually. So when you're building railways, you're building one rail. And then if you want to build dual, you can just build dual railways. You just have to build another rail next to it. And you're basically indicating like which direction each one goes. And, um, so you're on top of all that. So you're, and then you're, you're just building all these different trains. So you're buying engines and then you're just, you're making different trade routes for each train engine. And you want to make sure that they can get to from point A to point B smoothly without like getting stuck or having like a collision with another train. So you got to make sure your network is set up properly so that trains can stop in the appropriate space so that they can let other trains go by or whatever. It's really complex <laughs> and it and that's where it gets to be cumbersome when you're trying to figure out like what rail what train does what because you're trying to like figure it out and you have like 15 to 20 different trains and there's you have to like go through a menu to find out the information about the trains you can't just look at it all at a glance so it gets kind of frustrating to actually manage your railway and look at like this is the one that's per, that's going from the meat packing plant to back and forth to the ranch or this one's the one that's picking up sugar so that I can produce spirits. It's just, it gets really complex. And then you start expanding to the point where you're, you're building trains, you're building stations at in the cities that your competitors are operating in and it makes them really mad and they'll pop up and be like, Hey, I was building a city here. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, you just you start doing that and i mean it i i the last point that i had left off were i it took me a the learning curve on this game was pretty steep i had to start over the game like four or five times before i got the hang of it of what i was doing and actually building and making money and not just being in the hole every time and uh i finally got to a point where like i found one of my competitors and I just built like a station in one of his big cities. And then I built another station in another one of his smaller cities. And I just created a loop where I just had this circle from like, it was like St. Louis to Chicago down to some other city. And, uh, <laughs> it made him so mad that he actually built a railway directly from like another city into like my, one of my hub cities. And so like he had like railways going, like making bridges over my railway and tunnels underneath other ones, just so that he can get to my city and build a station there. <laughs> and he's just like, ha, I got you now. <laughs> I'm like, you asshole. I'm like, where, where, where else are you going to go? You can't build like he built it, like basically perpendicularly to my existing station. So like his station has no exit point. Like he can't build further than that. So like there's not a whole lot he can do with that station. He just did it to spite me. It's weird. It's it's a really good game. I enjoy it. I mean, it's fairly deep as far as the the transfer of goods goes. If you're really into that type of stuff, um, you know, I am. I love these types of games even though i'm terrible at them i just it's what i get drawn to so looking forward to playing some more of that um i don't i think that's pretty much it as far as what i've done for video games um i did i don't remember if we talked about me starting legend of Korra. i finally started watching that um got through the first book i'm partway through the second book um Hey man, I, I completely forgot the way that the first book ended, <laughs> to be honest with you. I was like, oh wow, that that was a kid's show. 
<laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I mean, well, and, and so, I mean, I voiced my complaints about it, but it's, it's very much yeah. like open and closed and there are no consequences of anything that happens. Exactly. In that yeah. And so that, that was over and then I started watching book two and, um, I forgot how much I hated those twin characters. <laughs> I, really? I really hate to it. I hate twin characters like that. I thought they were kind of fun. I mean, one I of them know, is just, just like basically Raven. So <laughs> Team Titans. True. Same voice actor, right? Sounds Probably. like it anyway. It's hard to tell. Um, <laughs> it sounds a lot I mean, like them, if not. so. I know. I just I just can't stand twin characters that just like act the same. Or and always look the same. I don't know what it's just something I've always disliked. A tr- it's a trope I don't like. Um, going back as early as like <laughs> The Shining. <laughs> I just that might be that might be the that might be the intro for that. Me not me not liking twins. I don't know. Um, Great, you lost us twice remember, as many users. I remember I specifically Insulting did not all like the twin the, listeners. You could double our counts I, just by pumping those twin numbers. <laughs> <laughs> no, because they're just going to listen together. They're going to use, you know, um, like I, I remember specifically really hating the twin characters in, uh, in, 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 in the matrix reloaded. Really? Yeah. I just, I didn't like I it. That. I don't. And, and even in breaking bad, those two guys, like I just, I hate albino white people dreads. <laughs> yeah. Like and they're like they're silent and creepy, and then the same exact thing in Breaking Bad, silent and creepy. Tw- I just can't stand it. Creepy twins, man. I don't like it. Stop doing it. <laughs> I don't know. It's my it's my my peeve. I guess I don't know. Um, I just find it funny that like in that that particular book, like Cora's dad, like you find out that he got banished from the Northern Water Tribe for doing some shit in the Spirit Forest, and of course they banish him, and he goes to the South Water Tribe and somehow becomes the leader <laughs> after being banished from the North, and then just proceeds to do like more like, oh, I fucked up in the the Spirit Forest in the North Tribe, so now I'm just gonna like the, fuck everything else up in the South because I I did I fucked up in the North. I don't. It's just. I'm not going to acknowledge that the spirits are a problem but that I fucked up. <laughs> it just, it seemed weird to me. Like, oh, this guy got banished from the Northern Water Tribe. Let's make him our leader. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Um, and then with that, that kind of gets annoying too. And then the, the other thing that I did not like, I don't like about the second um, book so far is they start they introduce like this weird thing where they're just like, Oh yeah. Well, you know, avatar Aang, he was kind of a shitty dad. <laughs> like, why did that matter to the story? Like it's really kind of a bad dad. I mean, it's honestly, be, it, I think it was that when I watched it the very first time that I kind of was like, are all parents just bad parents? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just like the, when you think about it, even in your own life, you're like, are kind of all parents just bad parents? No, no, no one was born knowing how to parent. <laughs> the, yeah, it's like, I mean, it's no fault to anybody, but it's just like, you know, 
Yeah, but there's like that whole episode where Tenzin is just like, oh, yeah, I remember these good memories of me and dad. We go do this. And then like his brother and sister's like, well, you got to do that. He never did anything with us. He was a shitty you dad. Were an airbender and, and we weren't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we were, I was a waterbender and 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 not to use uh, not to use uh, uh, transphobes words, but uh, uh, Boomy was a squib. <laughs> <laughs> anyway um yeah i know i just didn't i didn't really like that i'm like i don't it didn't feel like it served any like real purpose and to further the plot in any way because it just ultimately didn't really matter <laughs> and it just seemed like they just inserted this idea that it's just so that they can act like a-holes for an episode and then they just move past it yeah i mean it, it also it's one of those things where even like like i said with, with that Aang not being like necessarily a good dad and all this that it it does just give you like introspective of even from ten, like Tenzin's point of view like he remembers doing cool stuff with his dad but he's very much like I deified dad yeah exactly um, and like I said I I think that's uh it, it, everybody remembers things differently um regardless mm-hmm. of if they were necessarily treated differently either so that it like I said, I kinda come to the conclusion like aren't all parents kind of a little bit bad parents? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> even if yeah, they're probably. good parents, aren't they still kind of bad parents? The first one is always the practice round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then then it gets real after that. And then then the third one you've given up on. <laughs> you know, um well, I'm a second child, so <laughs> oh, well there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I did um, all right. My my parents did all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I'm still working my way through that. Um, I watched. I'm almost all the way through the Great Pretender. I was actually while I was eating tonight, I was finishing up the Great Pretender. But there's one more episode before we had to come down and record. So I'm I have one episode left of that. And that's pretty good. I really like the animation in it. Yeah, it um it's really good. It's really nice looking. It's it's one of these like high production value animes. You can you can just tell this thing like looks yeah. expensive. Um and the I backgrounds don't, are really stylistic. I don't feel it got the you know publicity something like this would need to survive. I, I still think it will get its next season, and fortunately that will wrap up like the manga. So I, I mean this is kind of yeah. a one and done scenario. But yeah, but I mean, I can live with that as long as it like wraps up. I'm fine with that. I, I just thought it was, I thought it was funny that the first season or, or what they're calling it a a part, I don't know. It was, they're calling them cases. Yeah. I was like, there's like three parts in season But there's like three cases in season one. I think just my friend says there's just one part for season two, which I assume will be, I think five episodes or six episodes. I think it might be a little longer. Yeah, that's and I I like how they did that. I didn't expect her to be three. I I was fine. Like I when I when I saw that there was two, I'm like, okay, well that makes sense. Like the first the first one was nice and short. They kind of got you into it. They got you like what what the spe- what you the scope the of the show is. Like yeah, you get like what the characters are like. You you kind of get what's going on here. What to kind of expect with the show? Like how crazy it can get. And now they drop you into the second case. You're like, okay, this is this crazy stuff. 
but then you hit the third case and you're like, oh my, okay. <laughs> it's like, I wasn't expecting there to be a third here, but here we are. And it's, it's really good. I really like it. Um, uh, did you watch, you watch it? Did you watch this in English or? I did watch it in English. I kind of wish I watched it in Japanese to be honest, but. Oh man, I couldn't. I tried. Cause when for typically for shows like this, I do try to do it in Japanese. Um, I had a hard time with it because they kept doing the whole where I'm going to speak poor English <laughs> and, and it was hard to, it was hard to understand because they because they were doing the whole gag where like, Oh, he, he speaks English, but not very good. And then the other guy, like they had a lot of different languages in the show. Like the dude is French, but then he's speaking English and then he, the other guy's Japanese and they, <laughs> At some point, at some point in the show, they brought Chinese into it too. There's some Chinese people. I'm like, okay. Um, so I just, I just watched it in English. I'm like, I can't, I can't do it. There's too much going on here. Um, and I noticed too, like, because I switched back and forth, and it just feels like, at least for the, as much hate as people will will put on English voice actors for the like anime industry, we're like. Oh, the, the Japanese voice acting is better, but like, it's not when they're trying to speak English. So like, it just falls flat. Like it's, it didn't, it feel like a lot of the stuff that from what I heard in the Japanese duh, or a Japanese audio was that the lines were delivered a lot more flatly than they are in the English version. It feels like there's a little more emotion going on there with English dub, dub at least for this particular anime. Um, but I, I I really enjoyed the what I saw. I, I like I said I have one episode left before I'm done. So I really I really did like the show. I mean I I only actually started watching it like a few days ago, and I've just I powered through like <laughs> all of it almost. So um, yeah, it's great. I love it. And what else? I knew I watched something else, um, but I can't recall what it was. Oh. Uh, Ratchet. Did you watch? Did you see that I've one? I've been watching that, but I haven't quite finished it yet. I didn't know until my friend told me it takes place inside the One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest universe. It's the nurse yeah. from that. It's, a, it's like a, it's yeah, it's a prequel. Essentially, um, it is the uh, director from. Uh, we'll, we'll just say the good seasons of uh, American Horror Story. Uh, yeah but, but yeah it's and it, it's got a lot of that aesthetic color is really uh important almost to the point that it's like a little too artsy fartsy for me you know like <laughs> I, I you like tell it, you but. know it's something like sometimes when the the color changes you're like okay yeah <laughs> it's like all right that that's okay there's that's the horny light <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that's really good i really like it i mean right off the bat i was just like i because i didn't pay attention to who made the show i just saw it and it's like hey this looks good and it has um um fuck what's her name sarah paulson is that her name that's the actress right. it's something paulson has, i'm pretty sure it's sarah paulson. yeah she has um it has her in it and like so uh my wife and i were were sitting there deciding what to watch and that popped up and she was just immediately just like yep it has her in it we're watching it right now <laughs> we we watched the entire thing in a single day last weekend. Like we just sat there and we watched the entire, like we binged the whole thing. Um, how far are you into how many episodes you have left? I think I have two left. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> I've watched a lot of it. I just I not, kinda, not, Hades pulled me away. And then there was a point because like, you know, I like to play my switch while I watch <laughs> stuff. Um, so I noticed I was like paying too much attention to my switch. And then like I looked up and I was like, I don't really know what's going on on this. <laughs> so I, uh, I did. I, 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 I don't want to drive your opinion or anything, but I loved it up until the last two episodes. <laughs> so, well, I'll see everything. What I think. It I, honestly, it took a turn that, that I didn't like. That sounds like American Horror Story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does. It is very American Horror Story because, like, at that point, where it's just like, okay, yeah, this is this is just like another season of American Horror Story, and I. When I when we first started watching it, I wasn't aware that it was done by the same director. I did find out like after watching it because I was just like, okay, I'm looking look some stuff up, and it was like, oh shit, okay, yeah, this is this is just another like American horror horror story type story, and that's exactly how those seem to go. Is like everything just goes off the rails the last two episodes <laughs> in those seasons. Um, even though I mean I still liked it, I'm just I wasn't sure i liked how it went um there's certain mental issues in that show that i also i guess i don't um agree with the portrayal of that (laughs) there's it honestly that's kind of a tough thing to necessarily say because this is uh trying to be a period piece in many ways and then even on top of that uh, being a period piece, it is also within the One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest universe. Um, not to necessarily give this a pass, but obviously One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest being at least the movie pretty old at this point and the book even older, so that it had well, bad portrayals of some of that stuff. So Yeah, but I mean, this was... Um, it wasn't really a thing that existed in either the book or the movie, so... It like, was like know, a new edition <laughs> that I just wasn't, I wasn't I, I, too. I don't specifically know exactly what you're driving at, but just to give the audience a little bit of a frame of reference is they, uh, lobotomies are a big focus of this and they are lobotomy that like there is characters that have, uh, that I shouldn't say have, but that are lesbians that it, it's portrayed in there as a mental illness being a lesbian and that they are giving yeah. like some of them are getting lobotomies to quote unquote cure to them. cure their lesbian yes le- cure the lesbianism <laughs> but then they have like yeah but no that actually wasn't the thing i was I, getting I didn't at think but that it was, was just, but i was just <laughs> that was like at least my touchstone for an example there's of just the a type of there's a specific uh there's a specific character with a specific diagnosis that i think they didn't handle very well and i think kind of vilified that particular diagnosis um even even though it's like oh, it is a period Scarface? piece is it because you're mad about scarf <laughs> but just i just i didn't like addiction that's all not I just didn't like the way that was that is was uh is it that, no the character arms? is portrayed. You think of no arms diagnosis is a bad diagnosis? I know I'm just giving you shit, Justin. Good. Yeah. Yes. But uh I don't know it just, it just seemed to vilify certain a certain diagnosis which it's, I I, I, I it's, it's, it's come down with a case of no arms. Yeah, which <laughs> it's and 
like that particular diagnosis is something that still uh, a lot of people have issues with to this very day. So I feel like having that portrayal on screen is, in a major way is kind of maybe kind of undoes some work in helping people with that particular diagnosis. Again, I don't want to like spoil stuff. That's why I'm not really being clear because it's a brand new show and I highly recommend checking it out, even though the last two episodes, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's I, I'm not saying I didn't like it, like it because the last two episodes is just like, I really liked it up until then. And then, then stuff went off the rails. Um, I, but then I after at least that, with what I've watched, it's it's a fun show that even has like kind of I'll just say the word wackadoo horror stuff like there is just yeah. some weird shit in there to be expected. Yeah, uh, but you're you're going to get to a certain point in these last two episodes. I, I can't remember for sure if this happens in the um second to last episode or the very last episode but you're just gonna be like this is gonna this is gonna be my where you're you're gonna be like come on (laughs) it's just come on (laughs) oh i feel that (laughs) um yeah so uh yeah so that after that we ended up actually watching the original one flew over the cuckoo's nest yeah because they did also put that on netflix as well with yeah ratchet yeah so we watched that and um i I read some articles about the this the 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 show and the movie and everything and the book and they really talked about like oh yeah this nurse ratchet she's a bad lady and i watched one of one flew over the cuckoo's nest i'm like nurse ratchet is like non-existent in this movie yeah it's (laughs) this is just this is just This is just Jack Nicholson showing these that these people that most of them who have checked in voluntary voluntarily into this mental hospital. He's just showing them a good time. He's taking them fishing. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's having the fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Until the lobotomy. Yeah. Then it, then it goes south. But I mean, up until that point, it was great. <laughs> it, was, it was just a good time. And, yeah, and then it sucked. But <laughs> I feel like Nurse Ratchet was like wasn't even a driving factor in any part of that movie for the story. So I didn't really get the whole like nurse from hell aspect. Of this it. is the, um, the Zach and that could just be because it's Hades. a 1970s. This is taking a minor character and then being like, Oh, that's interesting. Let's extrapolate on this character. That doesn't really have much of a backstory. Yeah, exactly. So like they made, they made nurse ratchets backstory really super fucking interesting in ratchet. You see, and then you watch like supposedly the future, from 1975 uh one flew over the cuckoo's nest you see nurse ratchet and she's just like a lady that asks these people questions and just kind of like i'm, <laughs> I'm curious because i've never therapy read the sessions book, if it's different in the book maybe but i you know once again i imagine it's different in a book <laughs> i i remember seeing an article where like the original author had said that he 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 ran into that same nurse that inspired the book uh, later on in life and was just like, yeah, she wasn't as bad as I remembered her or as I, <laughs> or as I wrote her in the book. So yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like, yeah, it was definitely one of those things where they took a random character and just expanded upon that because it, it felt like she was not important to the story at all. And one flew over the cuckoo's nest in the movie. Um, and then, oh yeah, I finished uh Cobra Kai the other week and uh yeah there's definitely a oh, come on moment <laughs> that se- and, season two finale like i don't want to spoil it for anybody that who's was just there. too crazy it's it's too ridiculous like 
pretty much everything up until that point. I mean, there's is a few moments where it gets outside of like your suspension of yeah. disbelief, but that last episode is like it's just fully gone out the window. Yeah, like you're, you're like, like I mean, come why the is fuck this on. happening? Like it's like, just why too is ridiculous. This, and like all like the old the like all the serendipity. Yeah, <laughs> it's just there's just way too much of it in that episode, and then and it just got like a the big old much, uh, very light spoiler here, but it's like a lot of. Uh, men fighting over women and women fighting over men. Um, yeah. And I'm like, eh, that's not really like why I was watching this. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm watching this for team Johnny. That's yeah. <laughs> Johnny Lawrence. That's what I want to see. And then, I mean, and then one of the funny things I heard from when I was listening to the, uh, the three fat nerds podcast is they're saying, yeah, Netflix could totally do like a, a six seasons in a movie with this. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Six seasons in a movie. That's what I want. <laughs> As a joke. That's what I want. But I'm like, I don't. Yeah. With, with how I'd be, that last, I'd be fine with one more season. Yeah. I'm like that last episode was a bit much that you're like, are they like, I, I don't feel quite, but it's like kind of entering that jumping the shark realm um, a little bit. So I'm like one season, maybe, maybe two if they really want to stretch it, but they could wrap like, this up in one more season. I'll, I'll have to tell you like my spoiler theory off the air um, just because of I, I feel like I see where this is going. But I who knows? I don't know. The, the, it was first it was produced by YouTube Red the first two seasons. And now this one's being produced by Netflix and obviously like same Netflix writers and everything. Say, but make it sexy. Yeah, Netflix is going to be like, we got to have a sex scene and there's got to be some lesbian action in there as well. <laughs> some le- <laughs> Where's um, the scissoring? Um, there needs to be mandatory scissoring happening. No lobotomies. No lobotomies <laughs> in this one. We can't. You're not. We're not hearing lesbianism in this. This Put isn't a period piece. In there, but never show them be affectionate whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I. It was still enjoyable though. I love that show. It 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 really I and me not being like a super big like I know I was never really big in the the karate kid as as some people were, but I I really I really identify with the Johnny character a little bit. It, <laughs> I mean just, like, he just wants to he wants to be a badass and see some hot babes and, <laughs> and drink some beer. He's a real eighties man. <laughs> Uh, it's like he never left the 80s because he didn't even know yeah. what the fuck Facebook was. <laughs> well, well and I, I mean, I like that as his character that he is so stunted at the time he like decides to reopen Cobra Kai that, like I said, there is this narrative of like the kids change him and he changes the kids, you know? Um, yeah. Which is like that stuff's real good. That's that's actually like kind of what I'm there for. Uh, yeah, because I want to be like, I want to see Cobra Kai change. I want to see the future of Cobra Kai. That's what I want. But yeah, it's uh, it, it, like also a a a recurring theme throughout the whole thing is that you're it, like it's never too late to start over. Yeah, and with uh with the this the the main character uh what what the fuck's his name uh Johnny with Johnny yeah. that it it is like he keeps having these run-ins and then he has to keep like you know being like I fucked up and then he has to keep like starting over as many times as it takes um. Yeah. And I, I think that's just a good message, you know, to, to anyone. What if he starts a new dojo and he calls it Cobra Kai 2? <laughs> <laughs> and then he'll have to open up another one called Cobra Kai 2. 
two. <laughs> Cobra Kai two two. Uh, <laughs> Cobra Kai now you see me and Cobra Kai now you don't. I'm Cobra Kai and this is my teacher Cobra Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Cobra Kyle. Oh man, what does Cobra Kyle sound like? <laughs> Look, man, I'm just here to. Fucking drink monster and fucking punch holes in drywall. Boom. Man, co- the fucking badass. <laughs> Cobra, Cobra Kyle sounds like a youth group leader gone bad. <laughs> Look, you want to come over here and sit on my fucking lap while I punch this drywall and slam this monster? All right, kids. His alter around. ego is gather around Cobra we're Kyle. Go- sit down. We're gonna sing some youth group songs. Um, I'm we're gonna, gonna we're gonna pray. We gotta read the Bible, uh, and then we're gonna get up. We're gonna kick some ass. <laughs> Good fucking kick some ass. Uh, Jesus power. <laughs> I, one thing I really thought was funny was when he he said everybody fall in line and they just kind of stood there like uh. He's like, get in a line. And then, so, like, then they all start lining up single file. He's like, Rose. <laughs> oh, <he's>... <laughs> that's funny. It was, it's good, though. Um, I think that's pretty much all I did, though. Um, but uh, here. So we kind of did some community engagement. I, I, I wanted to try to reach out and find somebody that has bought bought in a game from scalper um or or not a game but uh i wanted to see if anybody had bought in a console off of a scalper and so i forgot to i stupidly forgot to bookmark the actual tweet so i'm gonna scroll for it because i made it no one ever day. has bought a console off a of scalper <laughs> um and Someone on Twitter actually had a pretty decent story here. You got to be the scalper that scalps the scalpers. You got to be scalper scalper. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, basically the the, the actual question asked was, have you ever bought a brand new gaming console from a scalper? Was it worth it? And Tales from the Waystone at Waystone Pod had said... Okay, I don't think it was technically a scalper uh, we bought our Switch from, but I already had the collector's edition of Breath of the Wild and could get my hands on the Switch when it first came out. But the weekend it was initially released was Emerald City Comic Con, and there was a there's used toy booth selling one for fifty dollars above MSRP. Okay, well, I mean that was that there that's still, I mean that technically is scalping still. They they bought something new and they're selling it to you for you above MSRP. Yeah, microscoped. <laughs> um, t- and then they said they wanted cash, so we obliged. It didn't even occur to me that it could be a scam until about two hours later. And I made Will check the box. It's perfectly fine, brand new. And like most switches, eventually developed Joy-Con Drift, which I fixed easily this year. Honestly, I think the only reason they were selling it that weekend was to help pay for their booth. Uh, one of the sellers seemed to be sad to be parting with it. <laughs> yeah we'll put this up to see if anyone actually wants to buy it um but maybe they won't and then yeah someone bought it (laughs) that's what it seemed like um that was the only response we had on twitter for that one so not many people buying uh games from scalpers i asked on instagram as well um get to the comments on instagram nope that's a profile i need to see the comments so the Chronicles of a Gamer had a clever answer. Yes, um, got it from uh, let's see, got it got it from my barber, and it was totally worth it. Got an Xbox X for forty bucks. 
Xbox One X? No, I I think he means he got an X scalped into his head from his barber. Oh, jeez. <laughs> For 40 bucks. <laughs> I think that's I think that's what the uh <laughs> Uh, Ghost of Gamer Pass said no, only Slayer tickets. <laughs> um, and then we have Bo's Game Room of the Precisely Podcast. Nope, but I've sold a Switch when it first came out, <laughs> and I respond, "Wait, so you're the scalper?" <laughs> Care to respond? And, uh, oh no, I'm just. <laughs> his his response was, "Bro, I have always been a hustler. I support my habit of buying games by selling games. Just recorded a podcast about it, but about it that's coming out this Saturday. You can't buy for, games with games. There's no logic but, in that. No. But as for the Switch sale, I sold it to someone I knew for three hundred fifty dollars. So I made roughly twenty dollars. LOL. That's not scalping, Bo." My bro, that's that's still scalping. It's called micro scalp. <laughs> it's a micro scalping. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's not scalping. It's micro scalping. <laughs> it's, it's a little different, Justin. Okay, it's micro scalping. And, it's a new thing of, of I course, invented. <laughs> just just now, just for this episode, you invented micro scalping, not selling something for an egregious amount above above MSRP, but just enough so that it, you feel like you you made it worth it to buy it. <laughs> I do, uh, like, I'm not, this is kind of rough because I'm like, I'm not necessarily a game collector, but I just have like a lot of games that I've gotten over time. And yes, I do have enough games and I, it, that it's become kind of an issue, but I have several unopened games, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, me too. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't have a lot of games, but I have a lot of unopened games still. But I mean, this becomes kind of funny because I have like, a metric shit ton of 3ds games because i find them on clearance all the time and i'll just and you're just like, like oh, oh five dollars whatever <laughs> yeah like you know if i find good deals and stuff I buy, I buy it of course but of course that stuff gets like i'm not even when i buy that stuff i'm kind of like i i want to play anything i buy i want to play but odds yeah. of me getting but it's like whether it you have the time of doing it yeah um so I, I have like so many of these games that have just been sealed and some of them are starting to get fairly rare to say the least. And especially ne- like 3DS games and just Nintendo stuff in general or just cartridges uh, due to the fact that they're kind of like smaller runs and not as mass produced as disc in the first place. Um, yeah, that they tend to go up in value. Um, but the, obviously the the rare stuff is like usually a lot of extremely like like JRPG games that are extremely niche. Um, those go up in value. But um, due to some of this, I have like sealed games. And anyway, my friend has been recently buying a metric shit ton of 3DS games trying to like build out a collection. And yeah, I, of course, have a lot of these games. So he's been like he'll ask me like oh do you have this i'm like yeah and he's like hey will you sell it to me and i was like i mean for like like whatever it cost on ebay you know like and he's just like well how much did you buy it for i'm like like five bucks and he's like well why don't you sell it to me for five bucks like (laughs) no (laughs) like that was a price for me (laughs) um needless to say i just haven't like sold him anything but I, I just like I, I just find that funny to be like you got it for cheap I should be able to buy it off you for cheap even though the prices on some of that stuff like I have uh one of the games that I accidentally got two copies of um is uh Etrian Odyssey uh 5 
which for like a new copy is running about 60 bucks at this point, especially at the day one edition. And I actually have two copies of this, both unopened. But the problem is, is that I saw it for like 20 bucks. So I bought it. And then later I saw it for 15 and <laughs> I assumed I had this is a situation where I thought I had bought Etrian Odyssey Nexus and not Etrian Odyssey. Oh, 5. so then I was like, oh, I don't own that one. I bought it. And then I was like, now I have two copies of this game. Of course, once again, <laughs> I paid like 15 and 20 bucks is not a lot compared to the fact that it's now like 60 bucks for a new copy or sometimes more than that. So I'm like, I just have these sealed copies that are just sitting there. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> the ghost of gamer past had a funny response to Bo. He says, this is great news. I didn't know Bo's game room was a scalper. <laughs> You're going to have any Xbox series X's I can buy. It's going to be sold out everywhere where I live. <laughs> oh, GOGP. Hey, I got one pre-order GOGP, but you'll have to pay the Canada prices. <laughs> <laughs> you have to pay the Canada prices plus shipping. <laughs> Which is going to be like as much as the Which console. It's not me scalping you. It's just that you're going to pay more. <laughs> <laughs> you're just going to pay more. I, I can't explain it. You're just going to have to pay more so, money. You're paying more, more money. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I do feel oh, bad because those consoles are going to be pretty hard to get this holiday season. Like, I mean, they, they there are, will be yes. more of them. There really isn't a reason to upgrade right now on either front, to be honest. But if you're, you know, like really Jones and one, they're going to be hard to get. Yeah. Um, we actually, and then on Facebook, there were a few here. Um, Martin said, no, but I have scalped someone for their gaming console. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, 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 <laughs> typical console gamer. <laughs> um, uh, Nathan says, LMAO, no. The scalpers just funded the new consoles to be made. Grab the next round. <laughs> smart, smart play. Yeah. Uh, if I wasn't such then, an idiot, that's where I would be. <laughs> uh, Dominic says yes I bought a Wii in 2006 I was at the mall with my dad hitting up every video game related store but no luck a woman overheard my disappointment at Toys R Us counter and told my dad she had a second Wii she was trying to sell sold it to me for counter price in the parking lot of the mall blew my little preteen brain right away with how lucky that encounter was good memory of my dad thanks for giving me a chance to bring it back up <laughs> well, I mean that that wasn't scalping though she sold it for the counter price, right? So that means like the price that it was sold for. I mean, how I would interpret that. So I'm therefore not a scalper, but it for the same price. I mean, that's, I don't know if that's how you interpret that, but that's how I do. It's micro scalping. Um, cause you <laughs> get the open box discount. <laughs> oh God. It's, it's, um, Andres says, yeah, the regular size to new 3DS that was limited edition for Black Friday. Markup wasn't too bad, although I did have to drive kind of far. Uh, Nat is like me, says, I don't think I've ever bought a brand new console. I'm always several years behind and get refurbished ones instead. Um, ben says, I've scalped someone with a gaming console. Those first gen Xboxes had some heft. I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was going somewhere else <laughs> it's like are you, are you sure you didn't cave their mean cave their skull in with it 
<laughs> yeah, scalped can be col- uh, col- colloquial for straight up murdered, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, and Adam says, my mom bought me a Wii for 300 in its heyday. Only 500 or oh, 500, only 50 over the original price, though. So it wasn't too bad. You could have got a Nintendo Switch that was, for that price. That was a, that was another <laughs> another micro scalping. No major scalpage here, just micro scalps today. And I mean, I think it's a little hard to with a console because the market gets flooded so quick. Um, I, yeah, I, I just I, I think fifty dollars seems like a standard markup for scalpers. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, like I was kind of I was low key hoping to find someone that like actually bought one of those like ridiculous eBay sales where it's like, oh yeah, yeah I, I bought a PlayStation three for a thousand dollars. Like, like an insane person, like. <laughs> I mean, now, but like, I say that as a person who spent twelve hundred dollars on a goddamn phone. So, I mean, who's who's the real loser here? Me. You got scalped <laughs> now, no? You well, I mean, technically, I didn't buy boy. it. I, you got macro I I, scalped. I didn't. I didn't buy it for over MSRP. In fact, I got a discount because I got some free stuff with it. Yeah, you got worse. <laughs> you got macro scalped by the corporation selling it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got the markup from from the the parts that it costs I, to build it. I pay manufacture cost, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the downside is I have to manufacture it in my own house. <laughs> I'm just buying the parts like a PC, but it's a phone you got to put together, and it it, it, has, it takes a lot of specialty equipment that costs tens of thousands of dollars. Actually, I uh, I bought a vinyl over the weekend, but uh, my. I mentioned this to my friend, but I didn't send him a link to it or anything. And then he was just like, hey, you paid like $65 for the vinyl. I was like, no, it was, it was 35. And he was like, I looked it up and it says it's 65. And then he sent me the link. And I was like, that's because this is a third party site. Like, I was like, yeah. go, go to the website that they mentioned. You can get it direct from them for 35. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I got that Quake, that Quake vinyl the other day. It's going to not re- I don't really actually listen to any of my vinyls though, so that's a downside. Like I, I always hate it when I buy a vinyl from not Bandcamp because some places where some bands I follow will sell their stuff through like a third party, like another website, and you, it's like cool. I got the vinyl, but like I like it when they put the vinyl up directly on Bandcamp because then you get the digital album with it. Yeah, and I mean you, you know those funds are going like directly to the artist you know yeah well i mean even when i buy the vinyl from like these other because there's still most of the guys that i will buy vinyl from like it's still like they're in like their small label with like three or four artists on it or and they just have like their their own site set up for it and they're just doing it not on Bandcamp for whatever reason like that was i was into like droid bishop or something ordered was laserhawk oh yeah yeah that's that's good stuff yeah i got um like I'll get like Droid. Anytime Droid Bishop puts up a vinyl, I usually buy that. And I pre-ordered the latest Makeup and Vanity Set album, uh, and that one he did do on Bandcamp, so I was able to get that one. And uh, sometimes it gets expensive though. Like there's other there's like there's like Ogre. I don't know if you've listened to Ogre at all, but he put up he put up an album and had a a vinyl being done of it. Um, but sometimes it really sucks when you get the people that are overseas because he's in the UK, I believe. And some of the artists I listen to are like from France and some are from the UK. 
And I got a couple of vinyls from France that weren't too bad for shipping. It was like 30 bucks for the vinyl. And then like, I don't know, maybe 10 for the shipping, which is Usually pretty decent. Usually if I have to pay like foreign ship shipping stuff, I make sure I get like a bunch of shit to make it worth it. Yeah. And unfortunately in the case of like Bandcamp, you're just buying the one thing. But <laughs> So he, he, uh, the album that he had, God, it was like, it was $30 for the album. And then another $25 to ship it. And I was just like, I don't, I don't want to spend almost $60 for one vinyl. <laughs> as much as I love Ogre, I just can't, I couldn't swing it. So like if I, if I have to pay over like 45, I'm kind of like including shipping. That's when I really get out. That's actually like so, some of that is uh like Square Enix has been making vinyls for a lot of their video game soundtracks, but they're like not good uh, in, <laughs> in the way that uh they're very expensive but the discs are those like that they're they're printed on so it's not like you know like 180 gram oh, like press gross yeah so it's like it, it's already like it's just cheaper quality and then it's cheap image production that is like printed on um which is actually like not good for a vinyl disc. Yeah, that's uh, gonna. Yeah, that's not gonna last. Yeah. So and and it's like the uh, Final Fantasy VII one they did recently was I think like it's been rapidly dropping in price because they obviously can't offload these. But uh, <laughs> so I think it bad. started at ninety, and I've seen it uh, for I think sixty last, and I bet it will go even lower than that. Um, wow. And I'm like, it sucks because I mean, that music is really good, but I, like my friends kept sending me that. And I was like, it, it's it, like, I was like, you guys don't really know like a whole lot about vinyl. And I mean, that's fine. But I was like, yeah. this is just kind of garbage. It's like overpriced garbage <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm a huge fan of like when I do multicolor, like splatter yeah, vinyl. Yeah. Well, I then love you that know stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, you know it's good because they went that extra mile. That's a splatter vinyl, but yeah, those some of those some of the vinyls I'm getting, they have some heft to them. Yeah. <laughs> You're like they are thick ass vinyl. See, it's this is actually where it kind of sucks with the super giant vinyls because the uh, standard like more mass produced ones are the colored disc, uh, sometimes with splatter or sometimes just different colored disc. Yeah, and then the special edition or collector's edition is the is a higher grade uh black disc oh okay uh and like i'm not 1000 percent. like i'm not so in the weeds that i really know the difference but i'm kind of like i kind of want the colored disc but i want the the collector's edition because <laughs> it comes yeah. with usually more songs and more like just oh dragons yeah that i and just like a cool box of some kind that i'm like i I want all that shit, but I, I kind of want the colored disc. Yeah. I still think like to this day, still my, the favorite vinyl purchase of, that I made, which was, I mean, it not, not my first vinyl, not my first vinyl purchase, but like it, like my first, like actual, like, cause every vinyl record I've owned before buying like any brand new vinyl was stuff that I got from like a thrift store where they were like, Oh, they have Tchaikovsky records. Of course, I'm gonna fucking buy Tchaikovsky records and um, the 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 fucking Tijuana Brass. Like I've I've like two or three Tijuana Brass Christmas albums. 
<laughs> that I bought at a thrift store just because, um, like any, like, or some jazz stuff, I'll, I'll get those. But, um, but then I got, and at the time it was such a hard purchase because it was so expensive and I wasn't like working, like I wasn't making as much money as I am now, <laughs> but, um, but I, I had to swing it anyway. I got that, that, uh, that good old, uh, Kickstarter for the hotline Miami soundtrack. Oh, I'm with Miami the three. Too. Yeah. I've well, been it, kicking I myself ever since. In that that three that three album goodness. <laughs> I mean, because that's the that album just in general, like, is what got me into like the synth scene. Like, yeah, I mean, same here. I mean, I was listening to it before that, but I didn't like really like. I would just it was just like I I for only me it was like to Laserhawk before that, and then that like really exploded me. <laughs> See, I've listened to a bunch of that stuff beforehand, but it was only because like just from do it using the radio function on Google Music where it's like, oh, I like that song or I like that song, but I never like went deeper into it. But then when I got the Hotline Miami soundtrack, I'm like, oh, I really like this stuff. It's life changing. <laughs> I wonder how much that thing is. The Del- Hotline Miami Deluxe Triple Vinyl can like by Laced Records. Can they do a fucking reprint of that for fuck's sake? <laughs> Yeah, and it was holy shit. Like even even this is like they listed it at it's listed at fifty dollars on their their website. But uh, when I bought it, oh, they did do a second print printing of that. Oh god damn it! And I didn't. See and it. you missed you missed it. You missed it. And it's Lace gone. Does really good stuff. Like, but that was still that was back in two thousand seventeen that they did that second pressing. Oh, <laughs> so Jesus. I missed. But it yeah, that mile. three. Uh, but it was like 50 bucks. I paid $80 for that. And I think that included shipping. I'm not sure. But on the Kickstarter, I paid fucking 80 something dollars for which is still like when you think about it, $80 is good for three records because <laughs> the typical price you usually see is like $30 for one. Yeah, um, I actually just I bought there's a fan gamer one for Metal Gear that the fan gamer exclusive variant is the splattered uh green splattered disc yeah oh and i did i i got it in a mail but i haven't opened it yet but that uh i ordered that cowboy bebop vinyl pressing i was tempted on that but it's just like and i i like all the music in there but i'm like do i i'm spending a lot of money on vinyl right now that i shouldn't be spending <laughs> yeah same here <laughs> too much um but i had to get that one and that was that was a weird one because it was like some sort of anniversary thing and there was like six different vinyl vendors that were producing it yeah that's always so there was like that was another thing with it like looking at the packaging and everything i was like i don't know the quality of this kind of stuff where at least like when it's something from like laced at least i've never had anything from fan gamer um so i guess this will be a good test run but it's like the I am eight bit stuff that I've gotten and like the laced stuff, which of course those are obviously more in the video game space, but I'm like, those have been really quality laced is actually that those are the preferred ones. They, because the way they pack it for shipping is like top notch, like that disc will not be fucked in any capacity. Yeah. Um, let's see. We, I got, and the cowboy bebop one actually was a really good price. It was 30 Thirty-one ninety-eight for the vinyl, and then six bucks shipping. 
That's not and bad. it came it came from Right Stuff Anime. Um you see what their uh, if I can find the link of what this one looked at. Let's see. Right stuff anime. Cause like every every different vendor had like a different style of like the design for the cover art and the um the actual vinyl itself. Um the first one, the first link on the list that I that I saw it on, it was like sold out right away. So I'm like, okay, I gotta try to get one of these. So the one I ended up getting, it's two vinyls and there's like a blue and an orange disc. And uh looks like so you got you got like the the bifold and it looks like each each vinyl has its own sleeve inside the bifold which is like how my quake one is i the one thing i really loved about that quake one that i got was the fact that the the they had artwork on the sleeve on the inside cuz most vinyls that you get you like you get like you, you get the album and then the sleeve for the vinyl is just like some kind of like paper bag type thing. <laughs> it's just a complaint thing. Yeah. But on on the Quake one, it was like you got the cool Quake album art, like because it was just the Quake. But then you take out the sleeve with the vinyl in it, and the sleeve was just like a photo of like the <laughs> their fucking office when they were coding the original Doom. Just a picture of that. And each each one was a different picture, and it was like one showing was a close up of one of the, like their old school, their old computers. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's badass. Just yeah, this is our old. This is where this is what game developing studios used to look like back in the day. <laughs> it's, if you want to take a nap, you were doing it at your PC. <laughs> there wasn't a nap room, <laughs> and crunch time was was perpetual. It was all crunch. Everything was crunch. <laughs> but uh, I don't I think that's going to do it for this episode, though. I think we, we got got our about covered. Um, unless you have anything else to add on at the end tail end here. But uh, I think we I think we did have a cast. I think that's a cast. Yeah. All right. That's a that's a cast. So uh, as usual, if you enjoyed this episode, please don't hesitate to give us a five star review on Apple and Podchaser. Uh, and and speaking of Podchaser, we do have the alternate reality radio Podchaser list with a bunch of cool podcasts that are part of that. You can follow that, give it a heart as well, um, so that you, we can grow to be the number one biggest list on, or the most liked list on Podchaser. That would be super badass. And since I'm speaking of alternate reality radio, we do have a Twitter account for alternate reality radio. So go follow that as well. It's still a little bare bones. I'm kind of figuring out what I want to do with it. And I haven't uploaded any like profile images or anything, but it's just at a R R or it's at a R radio FM. So a R R a D I O FM. Just go follow that on Twitter. And uh, grow that because that's going to be kind of like the home of some of our other stuff that we're doing on Twitter that isn't specifically just our podcast related. So we're trying to grow that so that we can do some other stuff that will be really cool in the future. But I need to have that presence there in order for it to be worth it because <laughs> uh, I don't want to put a whole lot of work into another project and uh, tweet it out on a Twitter with no followers. So we got to get those Twitter followers up on that account as well. We're doing well with Lake Gaming Arena. Now we got to grow alternate reality radio um also and speaking of that just uh you can follow our other stuff on facebook instagram or twitter um and join 
our Discord or not Discord, shit, not Discord. Well, you just join our Gilded at chat.lga.gg. And if you need to know what Gilded is, it's just Discord, but better. Go to our website, lga.gg. If you want to send us some questions, just send us those questions at social at lga.gg and we will answer them on the show or if you want to do a question of the week and ask the the community uh just let us know in that email and i will ask that for our community engagement stuff and that's gonna do it for this week so uh we're gonna put a big old spooky bullet in this episode yeah (laughs) That sounds bad. Big old <laughs> spook bullet. <laughs> right at the right uh, the tailpipe of this episode. I'm gonna have to get out the spook zooka. The spook. God, that sounds so bad. <laughs> it shoots oh. a big old spooky ghost out of my spook zooka. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.